Well, the Army and the Navy have a new unmanned aerial vehicle, a large drone uh, with immense capability in terms of being able to operate over large areas for upwards of 30 hours and the reconnaissance and, and the data that uh, the Drishti 10 Starliner drone can actually provide is something which can enable our forces to take a look at large areas over a period of time. So what exactly are we talking about? What is the Drishti 10 Starliner? Well, the Adani Defense and Aerospace Manufacturer Drishti 10 is a medium-altitude, long-endurance, unmanned aerial vehicle. It can operate non-stop for up to 36 hours to guarantee persistent coverage of large areas under surveillance. The Drishti 10 can, for example, be used to cover shipping activities in the Indian Ocean and monitor for pirate and terrorist attacks. It has state-of-the-art sensors which can track movement on the ground and sea by day and night and in any weather condition. Data from the Drishti is transmitted to a ground station, ships or other reconnaissance aircraft through a secure data link. It's designed to undertake intelligence, surveillance and reconnaissance operations across the Indian Ocean region. The Indian Army and the Navy are acquiring two Drishti 10 UAVs or drones each and that's uh, possibly for starters. It's built by Adani Defense and Aerospace as an indigenously built variant of the Hermes 900 UAV of Elbit Systems of Israel. It presently has over 70% indigenous content. The drone attacks and the physical attacks, uh, what is the kind of proportions that we are talking about in terms of numbers and a drone, uh, the UAV that you have unflagged, flagged or flagged off today, what kind of a role is it going to play in countering it? So the, uh, I, I, I just said that there were two types of operations that were happening. One is the anti-piracy operation. So anti-piracy operations have now uh, largely, we have only had two incidents uh, of late. One was, uh, both were not Indian flagged vessels. But in the second case, we had Indian crew, so we could, uh, you know, respond because we got the necessary uh, concurrent from the owners of the vessel. And we boarded it and, uh, you know, uh, rescued the crew. So uh, we are now very proactively deploying our units there to ensure that these the pirates you know keep away uh, so that is one part of it the other one is of course the anti piracy anti drone operations the drones attacks are largely happening in the red sea and some are happening in the north arabian sea and in the central arabian sea uh, the total numbers uh, if you look at in the last about 40 42 days about 35 attacks have happened uh, largely on uh, Israeli owned or Israeli flagged or Israeli related uh, thing, uh, shipping. Uh, no Indian flag vessel has been attacked so far. So that so is the status. You spoke about, you know, the last 20 years you've been using drones. But now this thing about Atmanirbharta, how critical is it for uh, the Indian Navy and the Army? Um, it is absolutely critical, ma'am. We have given a commitment to our national leadership that by 2047 will be Atmanirbhar Navy. Uh, so uh, as of now, you'll be aware that out of 66 uh, ships and submarines under construction, 64 are being built in India. And we are looking at, you know, our deck-based fighter aircraft being built in India, helicopters being built in India, missile systems being built in India, weapons, sensors, everything will be built in India. A significant milestone for India, India's Navy, as well as Adani Enterprises, as this first privately manufactured unmanned aerial vehicle, Drishti 10, is being uh, flagged off today by the Chief of Naval Staff. I have with me Jeet Adani. Vice President of Adani Enterprises. Many congratulations on this momentous occasion. What is the kind of uh, numbers that you're going to be delivering? Uh, and I understand that within record time of 10 months, your company managed to give this to the Indian Navy. You know, absolutely. Thank you. It's a very proud moment for us. Um, so right now what we're talking about is uh, two uh, drones uh, going to the Navy and two going to the Army. 
um, there's a larger contract that we're also participating in um, that's not closed yet. That's for about 97 uh, of these drones uh, being supplied to the Navy. This has also been exported, I understand, uh, what you're manufacturing here. Yes, absolutely. So before we, um, uh, you know, in, as we are ramping up the facility, we first started out with exports. So we've exported about 20 of these, uh, primarily to Israel. So what we uh, must understand is not just about Atmanirbharta self-reliance, but you're also positioning India in that sense uh, in the world space as a global leader with these technologies. No, absolutely. I think um, that's uh, a testament to both our and our partners' uh, ability to design and create a system which has been world standard and is recognized as such by everyone. Adani Enterprises is uh, having a range of businesses and if you talk about airports, you're also planning to do it outside of the country. Tell us more about those plans. So right now we, there's um, nothing that I can confirm that we're doing outside but there's obviously a lot of opportunities that we're exploring um, around, uh, you know, around Asia and uh, around Asia and Africa and uh, Europe. Okay. Uh, a lot of interest in Navi Mumbai as well. Share with us what you can about uh, the plants there. So Navi Mumbai obviously is going to be another jewel in the crown for us. Um, you know, we are starting off uh, in the first phase with a capacity of 20 million passengers which is going to start by December of this year. And um, the ultimate capacity that we want to ramp up to is 90 million passengers uh, out of that airport with two runways, three terminals, um, you know, access from metro, buses, and high-speed high roads, and all of across, and also connecting high-speed rail. Um, so we, when we look at that, we talk about Mumbai and Navi Mumbai together. That system alone will be about 140 to 150 million passengers total, which will make it one of the largest in the world of its kind. Um, and uh, a little bit more about Navi Mumbai in terms of design and aesthetic, it's, you know, what we've tried to do is take a step forward in terms of what people imagine airports to be, rather than being, you know, sort of these station or very physical hard structures. We've tried to get in a lot of technology, um, you know, which at the end of the day eases the passengers' flow and increases their convenience and gives them that peace of mind that you know when they're at the airport they're not you know running around in chaos and they have all the information that they need right at their fingertips. I'm looking forward to that that sounds like a worthless structure thank you so thank much you, so that's yeah. the uh, Adani's Enterprises Vice President Mr. Jeet Adani talking about the plans for Navi Mumbai and also speaking about how uh, the enterprise itself is making India not just self-reliant but also making it a global leader in these technologies. So it's a very important, momentous and exciting day for India. This first privately manufactured UAV being uh, flagged off by the Naval Chief. I have with me Ashish Rajwanshi, CEO of Adani Aerospace. Very exciting and when you see something like this, it sounds like the high-tech thing of India and indigenously manufactured, 70% indigenous. How much is this going to help the Indian Navy in terms of the kind of recent threats we have seen over the seas? See, we need to appreciate how the doctrine is changing from manned to unmanned. A couple of years back, we were the first one uh, in the country to talk about unmanned is going to be the future and manned will become passe. In 2019, when we set up this facility, uh, there were many naysayers who thought, oh, this is something which is not going to happen. And they were not able to appreciate how this has become the mainstay when you look at the geopolitical conflict happening in Eastern Europe or in the Middle East in terms of intelligence, surveillance and reconnaissance. Today we have the foot soldier in India who is actually doing ISR but unless we complement the foot soldiers with technology 
in terms of either unmanned systems, in terms of satellite and cyber, we will never do our missions in full. What we have set up is a full line uh, from structures, avionics, electronics, payloads within the country with more than 70% indigenization. And this is the first bird which is going to my Indian customer, Indian Navy. Very proud moment for us. It's a flagship, it's a watershed moment for India. It's a dream come true for our chairman, Mr. Gautam Adani, who always talks about the vision of how do we support and play a humble role in India growth story and supporting the Indian Armed Forces. 70% indigenization is very impressive. Uh, does this mean that you have many, many more enterprises that you're actually supporting to integrate it finally into this farm? Absolutely. The very philosophy of Adani is not about doing everything on its own. It's important how do we support the wider ecosystem of MSMEs, startups and others who can actually work with us. When we kickstarted our business many years back, what we realized was that the technology, talent and the passion is actually existing. What they were not able to find is a big platform which can actually support them. Today I have more than 75 suppliers and tier one partners who are working across our businesses. We have invested more than 1500 crores just in the growth of these MSMEs, giving them a platform and giving them work so that they can go from point A to point B. Walk us through the features of uh, this particular UAV. This is one of the most advanced ISR UAV in the global market. Wow. Uh, three or four things which are very important to appreciate. It's an all-weather uh, UAV. Some of our missions, what we do in north, uh, are in extreme temperature. So it has a de-icing feature built into this. Uh, some of the missions which we are doing in Indian Ocean, range becomes important. This is the first SATCOM-enabled indigenous UAV. And SATCOM means that the range is no longer an issue. Uh, you want to do a 1,000 kilometers uh, mission or you want to do a 4,000 kilometers mission, it's possible. Number three, in terms of the payload, it has some of the most advanced payload which are not tied to the OEM technology. So tomorrow, if a company in India is creating its own payload on electro-optics, on comment or LN, we can actually integrate those in this bird. Number fourth, this is the first bird in the global market uh, which doesn't need any segregation of airspace. So what we call STANAC certification, it can fly both in segregated and unsegregated space because the traditional UAVs which are in the military domain require special permissions in the civil domain.